0: Hey y'all! It's Kiss. You're listening to Ergo. Before we get to our great show, here are a few community announcements for what's coming up in the next week. We have Ergo alum Brittany Black Rose Capri's book release uh, is coming out on Haymarket Books, and the release is Friday, September seventh, at East Room. Also, Friday the seventh is Makayla McCraven, one of Chicago's best jazz musicians, at the Hideout. In addition. There is a rally to end money bail. Uh, they're doing some some art for that, to have that ready to go. Time for the rally. That's at Chicago Freedom School on Tuesday the 11th at 5.30. And in addition, at the Breathing Room Space on Tuesday the 11th is a benefit concert for Sister Ramona Africa, who is one of the organizers uh, incarcerated, who was part of Move in the 70s, which was the organization in Philadelphia that was bombed by the U.S. Government That's right, bombed on a street in the middle of Philadelphia. So one of the folks who was incarcerated as part of that is now out and needs the help of our communities across the country. So there's a benefit concert for her at Breathing Room. That's 1434 West 51st on the 11th at 6 p.m. You, of course, can follow us uh, at Ergo Radio, subscribe, write us a review. It makes a real big difference. We could use your kind words uh, I'm at ergo Kitaines at damon underscore a f that's all the plugs without further ado let's get into episode one fifty two featuring the wonderful tatiana hazel Here we go.
1: I'm-
2: Hello?
0: Hey! What's up? You're listening to Ergo? True. I'm Kiss. You
1: are. I'm Daima.
0: And what we do here is showcase the folks reshaping the culture of our city for the more equitable and the more creative. Uh, we have a very special guest in Ergo Studio C with us today, which might be making the move to Ergo Studio A. This is a. a I think it's worth saying, You might not make any difference to you as listeners. But moving forward, we're going to be probably recording a bunch more in the Cards Against Humanity post live in the studio. Other than live on the radio, you might notice a difference, you might not. But uh, just know that Dame and I are no longer sharing a microphone. We have better beverages, we have more relaxed chairs, and uh, things are getting cushy. How you feeling, Dame?
1: I'm feeling good. I'm, uh, I'm living this life, man. You know, and the, the roller coaster is always reckoning, listening for the ticks before the drop. You should write horoscopes.
0: Whoa. That was appropriately vague. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know the tick 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 tick. Yeah. That's that's how I, that's how I feel. How do you feel about roller coasters?
0: And then I promise we'll get to our guest.
1: <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a big fan. I I think something I've I learned about myself is I am I am not usually drawn to things that are a simulation of death. Mm-hmm. Right? Like the I'm I'm not against adrenaline and like activity. But things that are like, oh, what excites me is that I should die doing this, but we have a contraption. That stops me. That at the dying. last minute, at the nick of time so, picks you uh, up, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not a big fan of, like, tricking my body into thinking it's gonna die.
0: I feel the exact same way. Nah. Glad that we're in agreement but on I don't that. don't want to be a party pooper about it. Like, I'm not
1: gonna have, do a big fuss or a stink. Like, I'll get on
0: the road. Oh, I'll it. fuss. I'll You'll stink. Fuss. You'll fuss and stink? I'll fuss and stink. Oh, no. For, uh, for my girlfriend's birthday, I bought her two tickets to Six Flags and I am not taking it. <laughs> that is a true story. She will be going with her mother this weekend. <laughs> but I just want her to be happy, you know? <laughs> Um, without further ado uh, I'm really excited to welcome our guest today. She is a wonderful singer, musician, songwriter, designer uh and um icon in the making
2: let's say that's Ooh. that's the term i'm gonna Ooh. go with.
0: You, you gotta take that <laughs> <laughs> Tatiana Hazel's here. Hey,
2: hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's we
0: do, what we do. We do our own sound. I don't have one. No, that's fine. Awesome. That's on us. The small delay before we did it made it so much that weirder. That was awkward. Usually we do it like right in, out of the name, but uh. we were like...
1: <laughs> you said hello first, and that sounded like that was our response. <laughs> and I thought we were just going to go without it, but then he started, like, oh, I got to jump on that train.
0: We didn't tell you that that's what the show does, is you speak to us in real words, in whatever language, and we just speak an animal sounds oh, back. Perfect. Yeah, we, it's we, a different show. We choice.
1: work really hard to make you uncomfortable. <laughs>
0: That's why you have the dental. <laughs> yeah. David came in with some with some dental floss. You know work. Four of them. <laughs> so we always I like had five, but I dropped the first R. one. R.I.P. We always like to start the show the same way, which is talking about dental floss. No, which is uh with a two part question. Mm. In this time, in this moment, in this season, how is the world treating you, and how are you treating the world?
2: Ooh, um, I would say the energy is the same both ways. Okay. It's pretty good right now. Yeah, things are going well
0: care to be more specific what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> you should also write horoscopes uh, what, what what's what's been going good what's a good thing that's happened to you this like week couple weeks
2: yeah um well i just got back from la that okay. was cool um i played like a couple shows out there and um yeah just had like good meetings i got like the first like label talks and stuff okay. happen mm-hmm. so that's always cool and um yeah just like you know, every day is just a new email on, like, interest and stuff. And, like, as a person doing everything myself, it's just cool um, to get, like, some recognition. And stuff. So you're you're so, yeah. keeping
1: up with your own emails. Yeah. That's yeah. impressive. That yeah. is,
0: yeah. Draining. And, and, <laughs> and is a that, that a, uh, like, a like a choice to have you be the one who responds to the emails?
2: Yeah. I'm, like, super, like, I'm, I'll sure, I'm sure I'll let go of that eventually. But I'm just, like, a control freak where mm-hmm. I, like, don't, like if I see someone else say something and I don't like it, I'll like freak out. So I just do everything myself. Is that based
0: out of like an experience that has happened or the fear that something would happen?
2: I don't know. I guess the fear that something would happen. I've just always been that way. Like I was like, I just remember in school, I would even be, like, that person who, like, if you get a group project, I'd be, like, I don't even care if you guys do any of the work. Like, I'm going to get a good grade, and I'm going to do everything. Mm. So, I don't know. I just, like, haven't let that go. <laughs>
1: so, so you, you say to prevent a freakout. Are, you, are your freakouts internalized? We, we, we're going right into oh, yeah, it. Yeah. Are your freakouts internalized or externalized? Like, do you freak out on people, or do Mm-mm. you, like, freak out within yourself?
2: No, I'm, like, really bad at, like, like, you have to really make me angry to, like, for me to act a certain way towards you. Hmm. Um, it'll mostly just be, like, internal. And then I'll be like, please don't do that. Or something. <laughs> something super like <laughs> <same laughs> passive aggressive. I'm the same
0: way. How about you, Nate? Are you, I, I'm definitely like, there's a, there's a storm inside, but it's calm waters outside.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm not much of a, uh, I'm very, I'm not very confrontational at all. I'm getting better at it though. Like, at yeah. confrontation? I, yeah. I've been like, cause you know, some things need to be confronted. Yeah, i yeah. sure you're absorbing it. Uh, and, like, Clash... The Clash is literally, like, how the universe was formed. Like, this planet is nothing but a bunch of rocks that kept crashing together. And Mm -hmm. so, like, sometimes you got to do it. So I've been getting better at, like, standing standing some lines, at least in my, like, real close, personal, intimate relationships. Like, if it's not a long-standing pattern or we're not, like close enough to be to work on it together mm-hmm. I can. I still kind of just let it go and, and be bothered on the inside but for the ones yeah. that for the people that matter I'm, try, yeah. I'm trying to at least
0: be more kind of yeah can be it's capacitive. definitely important yeah, yeah. and uh, it seems like when you it's a good skill to learn like at any point as a grown up but mm-hmm. especially like if you're someone who like you were describing mm-hmm. has a clear desire to be in control of what your life and your career and your sound sounds like so like, how has that been for you? Because I know you're on kind of like, multiple multiple lives in the in the music making industry and and creative creative. Let me rephrase. I know you're on like multiple lives in this making music thing. Yeah, yeah. Um. So for the point that you're at now, like, what do you feel like you own of your own creativity?
2: i don't know it's hard like everything because <laughs> like yeah because oh i produce a lot of my um own music myself and everything and like i write everything myself and even when other people work like with me on something i'm usually pretty like in control of it so i don't know i, I feel like like i have a, a good amount of ownership yeah, yeah.
0: so let's uh i alluded to it but let's go back you're 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 one of them folks who made songs on youtube
2: yeah and yeah. put songs on,
0: in a, in another in another musical lifetime i guess yeah. is that what it feels like i keep saying that but is that what it feels like another
2: era it totally does yeah like when some when people ask me about my start is like that is like sometimes i i feel like my ep i just dropped was like my debut mm-hmm. but like just because it was like more like a formal like work of music but yeah there's definitely like hours worth of music on my YouTube channel from when I was, like, 13 and stuff. That's just crazy. (laughs) YouTube is a world I know, I I
0: appreciate, and know nothing of how that world works. Yeah, Yeah, I
1: didn't realize until recently, like, I just like oh it's like a channel basically with yeah. everything in the world but it's the like the social networking aspect of it it's something yeah. that like i didn't comprehend mm-hmm. uh but like can kind of see now what what was the youtube community like as you were developing because like you think of it as so harsh but it has to be more than that right
2: yeah i mean for me it was almost like the way i use instagram now like the way i like am able to respond to like fans directly through dms and comments it was like the same thing it was like i would release videos and and then um, there was like, I don't even know if, I mean, I'm sure there's messages and stuff still, but I have not checked those in <laughs> years. Like, there's probably
0: would... <laughs> some wild shit in there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but um, yeah, I would like re- always respond to people and like, there was like the people that I would always remember that would like consistently watch. So it was like definitely like a sense of community. Um, but I never like really interacted with like other YouTubers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It was mostly just like viewers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you, you said you were 13 when you started doing that? Yeah when you like when that starts growing and taking off how does that happening connect to like the rest of your life as like a 15 14 15 year old and how does that feel completely separate like what felt weird about that was that attention
2: yeah kind of it was like mostly just because when I started uploading it it wasn't like oh I'm gonna put this out into the world it was like I was making music. Um, it was my sister's laptop. I didn't have a like, mm. MacBook when Shout I was thirteen. Your sister. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 So um she was like going to college in New York and stuff though. So I would kinda like make the videos and be like, Well, I have I need somewhere to keep them. I didn't know about like hard drives or anything like that. So I would just upload it to YouTube because that's like where I would watch videos. So it's kinda just for myself to have them. And then when you know, it was like thousands of views. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, it's not private anymore. And then um it just made me take it more seriously. Like, people at school started really, like, liking my stuff. And I, it just made me realize, like, it's what I actually wanted to do as a career. It wasn't just like, oh, well, I want to be a singer, you know, mm-hmm. maybe anymore. It was like, yeah, I want to do this. So where'd you go to high school? Um, It was out—I grew up in Chicago, but I moved to Joliet for high mm-hmm. school. Yeah, so I was out there. Home
0: of the Slammers. That's their independent league softball, um, minor league baseball. team. The more you know. I didn't know. <laughs> oh, I hate sports. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've never been. But they, speaking of Cards Against Humanity, they own the naming rights to their ballpark. Just some fun facts for our <laughs> listeners out there. They renamed the ballpark the Cards Against Humanity Baseball Place. That was their big creative name, which I thought was really funny.
1: They're so silly. Uh, so that that's a that's a, was that a, j- a jarring move. From here to there. Yeah.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: Talk talk about that. Talk about that transition. Give
0: yeah. us a, a sense yeah. of that Joliet life.
2: Yeah. It was the mostly Joliet just Jolt. like <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, a, that's a good name for a baseball
2: team. Yeah, that makes Jol- it sound cool. So <laughs> <laughs> the Joliet I don't know. Low. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, it was just like I mean, I was never a super social person even living in Chicago, but it was more just like I was surrounded by, you know, more diversity and everything and um so the move out there was just like I had nothing in common with anyone. We were one of the only like Mexican families there, so it was just like really hard. Um, and I I got used to it, and I like made like <laughs> like two or three friends like mm-hmm. the whole time I was there. But um, it was just really hard because I is mostly what sparked me making like hmm. like focusing more on my music though because I was like okay I don't have any friends. I never went out to parties. I never hung out with people. So it was just like all I had to do was like sit at home and make these videos and stuff so yeah, yeah it kind of helped in that way
0: creativity is a weird thing like that like it serves roles sometimes when you don't even know that that's what it's doing mm-hmm. and then you don't know what it's going to lead to but the fact that like I, you go at least I have my creativity mm-hmm. as a thing uh to turn back to what was um l- l- let's do the the fast forward to now looking back mm-hmm. like for you now looking at 14 year and 15 year old you What's something that you appreciate about how 15-year-old you saw the world that you try to carry with you? And maybe something that you would not, like, scold them for, but be like, hey, you should know this.
2: Um, I mean, I definitely appreciate the fact that I was just taking myself so seriously, like, at such a young age. And that I was, like, focusing on, like, my music and mm-hmm. stuff. I, it wasn't just, like, a hobby or anything for me. Like, I was really... Taking it seriously. Um, So that was cool. But then like once I was maybe like 17 or 18, I guess I would have just told myself then like keep this like focus because around that time I was like I took a break from my YouTube stuff and I was just like going like coming back to the city all the time and going to like raves and all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. So it kind of like took like a break to, like, live, to make more music, but I wish I would have told myself to just, like, you know, stay more focused during that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's
1: a threshold I've never
0: crossed. The rave threshold. The the rave
2: line. Oh, my God, it's... Oh, that's weird. <laughs> I, I think
0: it's very funny if in the first 15 minutes we've asked you to describe both Joliet and a rave. So g- give us a, yeah, just a sounds little snapshot of everything. What's that rave, Chicago, early 2010s rave life? Like,
2: yeah, I don't know. I guess it was different for me because, like, I was really young. But um, my sister, my oldest sister, had a bunch of friends in that community that were, like, you know, the hoopers, the, like, performance artists and... Mm-hmm. um They'd have these parties called Freakiesies that were, like, popular parties in Chicago. And so it was a bunch of, like, older, like, mid-20-year-olds. And then me, I'm, like, 16, 17. I'm <laughs> like, what's up? <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was really cool. It was, it was always just, like, um, like crazy performance. are like fire, you know? Like, mm-hmm. people would be doing that thing where they, like, have, like, metal on their body. And they, like, take—I don't know what it's called. So it
1: is like the movies.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> there's, like, crazy, like, swings and stuff. It was, like, just, like, you know— performance art and stuff so did
1: did did, did being having access to that uh cultural space shape you creatively at all because like I remember I remember like artistically being like oh I want to do the thing that gets played at the parties that I go to or at the kickbacks that I go to
2: yeah I guess it was just like I never directly, like, went home and was like, wow, this inspires me or anything, you know what I mean? But it was more so just like...
0: Now that's for the movies.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, like, it kind of just, like, seemed normal to me. Mm, it was just like, mm-hmm. oh, cool, that's, like, you know, what what it is, it's what I go movie. to, and it, it just kind of, like, I guess influenced me as a person, like, subconsciously and what I made subconsciously, um, but not, like, anything I, like, directly tried to think about.
0: I think it's funny the rooms you end up in when you're, like, 16 to 20, and you're like, oh shit, how did I end up here? Yeah. <laughs> like just one thing leads to another, all of a sudden. Cause you don't like I had my my dad said to me when I turned 13, he was like, You're gonna have some ideas that you think are great ideas. Do the opposite. Like for the next <laughs> five years, just do the opposite. <laughs> and sometimes I listen and I think it steered me the right way, but I think sometimes I, I could have taken that advice better. But well, you just kind of like one what thing if was you had like it, a really great responsible idea. <laughs> he was we either underestimating or just accurately estimating <laughs> who I was as a 13 year old. Um, but you just kind of like find yourself, especially I could imagine, coming back into the city, and all of a sudden you have this kind of independence mm-hmm. that you didn't have as a kid here, and also you don't have in in Joliet. What did it feel like coming back into a city that you'd been as a small child in? Were you looking at the city differently?
2: Not really. I mean, I really liked the freedom, like you said, but like, um, because the reason I came back was like, even when I was still living out there, my sisters kept our apartment we grew up in. So I would like stay with them like weekends and stuff. So it was kind of like normal. But then once they started bringing me out, it was kind of just like, oh, like I want to be doing this kind of stuff all the time. You know, I thought I would always be going out. Now I'm, I, I just turned 22 and I like fucking hate going out and stuff like that. But at the time I was just like, oh yeah, this is where I want to be and everything. And it kind of was like a new appreciation for Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. How about now looking at the city? Uh,
0: what um, I, I often quote this thing. It's from a book called So Long See You Tomorrow where the guy, he's like in his 70s and he goes back to the block that he grew up on mm-hmm. and he goes, everything looks different. Even if everything had stayed the same, it would look different, mm. but it, obviously things don't stay the same. So for you looking at your, you know, your block, your neighborhood, your, the, you know, the house, are they still in the same, do you still have access to that same apartment and everything?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, My oldest sister actually just moved out of there like last week, but we still have the apartment mm. and um, everything there is pretty much the same. It's like, um. It's just west of Logan Square. So it's Belmont-Craigan. Okay. So it's like, didn't the gentrification will probably never reach out that far because it's just like...
1: Don't put it past them.
2: <laughs> yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Rent did go up, but there's no like Starbucks yet. Okay. So. The
1: gentrifiers here, they're like,
2: oh, I'll, yeah. I'll take it on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, see? Yeah,
1: I can gentrify that by Sorry, tomorrow. Anything. Sounds like a <laughs> <That's>
0: challenge. <laughs> exactly.
1: I, I love that I get it, gentrifiers. Like, like 1920s
0: tycoon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. I, we built the... The railroads.
0: Now we're coming from Belmont Craig. Oh, I'll have a coffee shop
2: in there that closes at 4 p.m. in no time. Just imagine like a little Monopoly dude. Yeah, yeah like, No,
0: it's just that's the whole block. Just Monopoly men <laughs> as far as I can see. Um, so that now are you, like, still staying back in that same neighborhood, same area?
2: I'm in Logan, so mm-hmm. I'm in the gentrification, like, mm-hmm. heavily. There's, like, an intelligentsia, walking distance. It's all the way there, which is, like, crazy to see, but um, it still feels the same sometimes. Like, there'll be, like, um, block parties. Sometimes I'll walk past still, and, like, a lot of people are still there that used to live there. So it feels the same, honestly. I just feel like, like Chicago— just starts to feel like a small town when you've been in it for too long so then i go to la or new york and i'm like oh my god but i i love it here still Mm. yeah do you
0: you have touchstones whether it's people or businesses or like architectural Mm -hmm. buildings that for you are like no matter how many fucking intelligentsias they open like this is home
2: um i don't know i guess like the the actual like logan square like monument in that park Mm -hmm. because it used to be just like i mean sketch people still hang out there but it used to be just that like you couldn't go there to just like chill and um, but I, I like went there a lot and I like still do and um, I don't know like I've been living in Logan for a couple years now and it's just like I'm home all the time working on music so that's my place where I'll go and like I'll sit in between like and just get outside and like I would go there every day for so long that is kind of that spot that's like I don't mm-hmm. care all these businesses are opening and closing around it but like the actual like monument's been there for so long so.
0: Yeah, it's the public. Yeah. It's like it's not a shop. It's not something being sold to. You. It's yeah. Like that's, those are the things that hopefully last or like the real like things for the public.
2: Yeah, you know? yeah.
1: So it, I'm hearing like a, a, a theme. Would you say you're really... um Isolated in your creative process, mm-hmm.
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> no hesitation.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm like a super introverted person. It like changed for a little bit. I was like, like I went out for a certain amount of time in my life just mm-hmm. to like meet people, mm-hmm. and it worked. And now that I know everyone, I'm like, okay, I've met everyone. Bye. <laughs> like, I'll I'll text I've met you.
0: Everyone. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm right. I'm right. We're we're speaking the same. One. But that's the tricky thing, right? Is that you you still then like in order for those relationships, at least like professionally, but also in friendships, yeah, like it's not a if you wanted to get past the like, hey, we say what's up thing mm-hmm. when we see each other, then you can't just go back inside, which is my impulse too. Is yeah, I'm yeah. just like, well, acknowledgement is enough that mm-hmm. I exist and I'm gonna, it's much more comfortable to not do things than to do things. Yeah, yeah. So so how are you finding that balance now?
2: I guess it's just like um like the people that I've met that like I actually really like and like yeah, mean something to me. It's like whenever they're having something like I'll hate going out, but then if it's like my friend's birthday, I'll be like, okay, you know, I'm gonna go to that and like show support or my friend ha- is having a gallery, like I'll show out to like specific things for the people I care about and like support. Um, but it's not so much just like going to parties just because anymore. Yeah. Like
0: it's networking. not It's not quote going out. It's like going to a thing.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I had a um I had a phase where I feel like I went out and I feel like I've met I met and kind of I'm not like super plugged, but I feel like I kind of know everybody. Mm-hmm. My biggest fear is new people. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's like I made my round around the board a couple oh, times. No, it's hilarious. like if you just add new squares, it's like what, wait, there's a whole new batch of everybody that I have to like that's new, that's, new
0: monopoly. men.
1: Yeah, yeah. I can't keep that's up. That's my fear is that there are yeah. going to be new people that, that show up and yeah. they make their own. And there
2: definitely still are. I don't feel like I actually <laughs> yeah, guess know what everybody, there but... will be new people.
1: <laughs> no, I like this premise of like no. This is it. That's that's all there is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No,
0: no new it's, acquaintances.
2: It's definitely not like that. I'm just, I don't know.
0: No, we we resonate with <laughs> it. Yeah. Do you think that that like balance of the introversion and the extroversion? How does that affect the music you make?
2: Um, I feel like the introversion is just like, for so long, like my whole EP was just me sitting in. Like pretty much, it was like last, like the end of last summer and like all of like winter and stuff of me just sitting at home and um and like stepped on our foot yeah (laughs) yeah, just so you guys know (laughs) Um, i
0: appreciate the honesty (laughs) and openness of the two of (laughs) you
2: um but it was just me like sitting at home and creating everything and like i really only worked with two other producers and one of them i found in chicago and um one of them was from la so i was just like totally unconnected um but for my newer stuff i feel like I've been able to, like, reach out and work with more people in Chicago. And, like, mm-hmm. I've been going to private stock a lot. And, like, um, a lot of the producers there I'm, like, working with. And it's, like, it just feels really cool when other people, like, listen to your stuff. It's, like, I didn't have to go out and network with them. It was, like, they heard it and they reached out and now we're working. So, yeah. it's, like, it's cool when it works that way. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Is, there, is there anything um, uncomfortable or, or difficult
0: for you in collaborating? How does the collaboration process open up?
2: Yeah. um, At first, I would just hate writing in front of other people. Like, I I didn't think I could do it just because I never had. So it was like, if someone, like a producer wanted to work together or something and we'd be sitting in a room, I'm like, cool. Um, Yeah, you could just bounce that and I'll take it home and I'll do it there. I'll send it back. But now it's more so like, I've just gotten comfortable with it the more I do it. So Mm -hmm. it'll be like, they'll be working on something and I'll like write something in the background and be like, oh, let me record that really quick. And it's just like, I don't have really any like insecurities are like oh what if it sounds good or what if it doesn't like I've just gotten used to the process of like if I don't like something I could just say that and like I don't know why I used to think that was so impossible and you don't have to have everything <laughs> yeah right? yeah
0: you can just have a little piece
2: mm-hmm. and, and build
0: off that so what are things that producers could do or have done for you that have made you feel more comfortable in a room uh, or have done that makes you feel less comfortable
2: I feel like before what would make me less comfortable is just like any sense of like you should do this and you like oh don't do that and like just kind of like not so much suggestions but like forcing me to do something or like saying yeah we should go this route and sound like this person and i'm like oh you don't want to work with me you want to like make your own thing and like have a female vocalist So like that would always go like horribly and so that's why i started like producing myself but now it's like people are working with me for my sound based off of like my work so it's kind of just like they'll make something in their style and then allow me to do kind of whatever and like maybe be like oh you like could do this if you wanted so it's just like um like really just giving me creative freedom and like um like believing in me really just it's like a comfortable environment to be in where i feel like i can do whatever because if i make something bad they know i'm not i don't suck so it's like you're not gonna
0: be bounced out of the room yeah Yeah. i was gonna ask whether that's gendered because that kind of like shutting down Mm -hmm. or that like hey can you fit into this vision of what i want you know that's I I can imagine because of how that works in the world that that would also work in the studio, that it it could feel that way. Um, Yeah, how has that, you know, there's all the ways that the music industry is sexist and Mm misogynist, but specifically like within the making part of it. um, How have you balanced that? Is that part of why you're like, you know what, I'm just going to take my my ball and go home and make stuff in my room? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, kind of at first. Like at first, um, now I feel like, Just as I see, like, more success, like, people kind of see that too. And it's just, like, about being taken seriously, which just sucks that you kind of have to have the initial success. Um, Whereas, like, men is just kind of like, oh, I believe in you, bro. Let's do this. You know what I'm saying? With women, it's like, oh, like, I feel like you only have this one thing to offer me. Um, And so now it's different. And I've been able to find, like, really cool people who I feel like respect me and, like, take me seriously and, like, make it really easy to collaborate. But at first, it was definitely just a lot of, yeah, let's work. And then it was not that. And it was just Mm -hmm. really frustrating.
1: One, I'm really fond of, femme and women, women people imitating the man voice. Hey, <laughs> What's up, bro? bro let's <laughs> do this. <laughs> but something I, I thought I just had. I don't. I would like to hear your perspective. I wonder if I'm ignorant on. I don't know if I'm aware of women who are just producers. So, I, like, I know a lot of performing artists that produce their own stuff. Yeah. But I feel like the just producer role, is even more hyper masculine in a male-dominated space, and I don't—is that something? I'm just—I feel like that would be so much better if, like, the the people who usually have more access to the the actual equipment, right? Mm -hmm. And and because producers shape the space and so much more, aren't also the people who are? I'm not saying all producers are, but a lot of them are like on some perv shit. To be honest, like a lot of them, like it's it's like producers. And people with cameras mm-hmm. often have like the most ulterior motives. Yeah, in yeah. Like they use their their technical abilities to like be sleazy.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
1: do you know of a lot of of or of of women that that are that are producing right now? Like exclusively like, producing. I feel like that's something I would like yeah. to know more of.
2: No, not really. I mean, like you said, mostly it's like other like women who also make their own right, music, right. but. I recently just said I want to start producing for people. I feel like I need to get better personally, but that's mm. like a goal of mine. But um, no, I don't really know of any… In Chicago, at least. I know there's a lot. But um, I was just talking to someone who's best friends with like… I don't know if you guys know Empress Of. No. Um, She's a musician. She, I think she's in LA now, but uh, apparently she only works with female producers, mm. which is really cool. Um so, yeah, they're definitely out there. I just don't know of them.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's an interesting thing, right? Listen, hit us up if you... Yeah, if there, <laughs> are, if there are producers who are women who you rock with. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting thing of, like, do you... It's kind of what I, I hear a lot from folks who are in, whether it's in music or in organizing or just in life, of, like, how much do I choose to, like, work away from someone or a group of people work with, work through, work around. Like, mm-hmm. that balance, because you know, you can draw that hard and fast line yeah. and that opens up certain possibilities and closes other ones. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, not be as absolute as that and mm-hmm. maybe something great comes out of it or maybe you're still subject. It just seems like a tricky uh, a tricky line to have to walk or, yeah. to, or to choose to walk. Um, where are you kind of in that thinking? Like who, beyond just gender, like who do you want to be making music with these days?
2: Yeah, I mean, pretty much just anyone that it like, like clicks and feels right with like it doesn't have to be like like um one of my producers drew polovic who helped me with like my ep he's like always down to help me with a bunch of stuff and he's just like never like striking me as like someone who has any motive other than to like help me make music Shout out. and yeah it's drew drew yeah shout out to drew so Again. it's just like people like that and it was like i just really like to sound and um you know there's no like Like there's some people who I work with who happen to be super reputable and some people who are totally unknown. So it's never like oh, I'm trying to work with this person who's worked with this person. You know, it's always just like, if we get along, and if you make good music, like, I'm down to work with you. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not really, like, I'm not, like, anti-men. I never try to, like, because there are so many bad experiences I've had, but I'm still working with male producers, obviously. Mm -hmm. It's like, I I just want to say I don't feel like everyone's like that. You know what (laughs) I mean? Like No no,
0: (laughs) no one accused you. It also (laughs) would be valid if you did make that, you know, if that's the line that you draw for your creativity, you know, but I I think, like, it's a –
1: on the whole men suck like it's not a it's not a, a controversial story. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: well it is in general looked nah. at as a controversial nah, i'm not saying i disagree <laughs> but with the um it's it's just interesting the parallels because the folks who you know you mentioned a couple names who are not people who are kind of in our immediate sphere and there's ways that all these patterns like get mirrored regardless of what kind of music you make and part of why i'm really excited to have you here is because the music you make is you know kind of a a separate, if parallel, world from a lot of the folks we talk to. Yeah. So, you know, I say this in the fully positive way of, like, I love the way you imagine pop music. Mm -hmm. Like, what pop is as a listener to you is something great. Yeah. Um. And so I'm curious, how do you think of that word? What does that word mean to you? Like, pop? Yeah.
2: Pop is just, like, I mean... It's always been popular music, you know, at one point like Elvis is pop and mm-hmm. one point, you know, like it's constantly changing and like some, like sometimes hip hop is pop. Um, so it could be anything, I think. And like for me, it's like sometimes I make indie pop, sometimes I make Latin pop, sometimes I make things that are just straight on like trying to be like this like mainstream thing. But I feel like it's really cool because no one... On the indie level of like doing everything themselves and like producing themselves is like, I want to make a pop song. I feel like no one's like really aims for that. You know what I mean? It it kind of like. Some people aim and then it's terrible. Yeah, exactly. It's like too much trying to be that. I just feel like that's what's always been easiest for me to make. Like Mm. now that I'm like less like, I don't know, when I at one point in time I was like, oh, I hated like pop music and I just wanted to make like you know, this indie stuff or like garage rock stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do what's natural to me. And that just happens to sound like pop. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Pop can be anything that's popular. I what, would, uh, what would,
0: to go back to 15-year-old you, what do you think 15-year-old you would think of the music you're making now?
2: Um, I have no idea. She'd probably think it was cool. That's good. That's good. You She'd probably said, good like start. it. She'd probably be like, what are you doing? But <laughs> not in a bad way. Just like I don't think I ever thought that. Especially because I never… I didn't want to sing in Spanish for a really long time hmm. in my life. Hmm. Um, And I was working with like… uh, When was it? I think I was like 15. And I was like being flown out to New York to work with like producer there. But um, I was making stuff in English. But everybody who I had like ties with in that industry was all like on the Latin side and I was like I don't want to be pigeonholed like I would rather not do this than like just do something that I don't want to do and I didn't want to be in like at that time it wasn't like a crossover it was just like the only like um, Latinas in the industry that I knew of were over-sexualized in like a certain way and I thought that's what I had to be in order to sing in Spanish so I was like no I don't want that at all I was like so anti and then last year I made a song in Spanish and it got like such good reception and then I started seeing all the artists that are like hmm. doing that now and so yeah I probably would have been like super shocked <laughs> at like yeah. where I ended up yeah
0: that's interesting because it's still like defining yourself in opposition and still being defined by that model right so yeah. it's how do you get past the point of like I just knowing that there's another choice that there's another way. Yeah. How how did language work in your household?
2: Um I mean both of my parents are from Mexico so okay. they like primarily speak Spanish but they also speak English and like um I feel like I learned Spanish first just from like my household yeah. but um once I started going to school it was kind of like difficult um to like balance both mm-hmm. I feel like because mm-hmm. I was like with friends and stuff like I was learn I was practicing English more but it's always been a balance. And then I would go to Mexico and like live there every um, mm-hmm. every year for like two months. Oh, no. So it was good practice. But then um, like shit just got bad over there. So I stopped going and it kind of like lost like touch as much. So like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not as like, I'm fluent and everything. But like, mm-hmm. I just went to Mexico a few weeks ago. And like, there were certain words that I'm just like, Oh, what is this called? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, not as fluent as I'd like to be when
0: the the tongue just gets like a little chunkier like a little clunkier in your mouth you know yeah so
1: so I I asked that like to because I'm wondering did taking that step and like kind of going out of your comfort connect you with family more or did they how did they feel or You know, what was their appreciation for for hearing the Spanish stuff?
2: Yeah, they definitely appreciated it a lot. I think, like, my cousins in Mexico, because I feel like they Hmm. always think that, like, once you move out here, you're kind of, like, anti, like, or not Mm -hmm. proud of, like, where you come from. Um, And we just hadn't talked, like, since I used to go there all the time. So I feel like when I went and, like, I... I'm from Durango and like the, the symbol there is like a scorpion and I got it tattooed and they were like, oh my God, is that for like Durango? I was like, yeah. And they were like so stoked about that stuff, like <laughs> that I'm like proud of where I come from and that I'm like representing that. They're like super excited about it. Mm. Um, yeah.
0: Is that where you were when you were just back there?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: What was it like being, being back for the first time in a while?
2: It was really nice because like um, a lot of my family has moved out and um, like even the ones who always lived there, like some of my cousins just moved to California. So it was like everyone was back. Mm. And um, it was cool. Like the town itself is always the same. Like everything's the same. There's like one gas station. There's like nowhere to do groceries. There's like Mm -hmm. super small, like all farmland, like the same people, one tiny church, like everything's exactly the same. But like with my family being there it just felt so nice. I was like, "Oh my god, I want to stay longer." Like, mm. yeah.
1: What, what what did your uh parents say when they first heard the the Spanish?
2: They were so caught off guard cuz I didn't even say anything. I just sent them the song. <laughs> like no context. Got and em. They called me and yeah. were like, "Is this you? Like what's happening?" Yeah. Mm. And um they also didn't know I produced like the beat and stuff, so they were just like, "Wait." Um <laughs> yeah. but um no, they were they were excited about it. They were just like um I feel like they're never really surprised at anything. Like, I'm always like, look, I did this. They're like, that's cool. Like, I figured you would. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> so, you know,
0: I, know, I knew we, t- 25 years ago, we knew you'd be on YouTube. Like, before YouTube existed, that wasn't Literally, surprising yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah, We had it all planned out. Um, I think at this point, I'm going to probably just put that song in just since we've been talking yeah. about it so much. Let's stay on your uh, on your time being there. What are what are the sounds and the music that you hear like when you were back there with cousins? Were you playing your music? What were the other songs being played around?
2: Um it was mostly like in uh, like summertime thing is like banda so it's like these bands who play like the same they all know how to play like the same like 100 songs mm-hmm. and people just request them. So like live music is so big. So it was mostly like that. It wasn't anything like contemporary or like anything. Um, but. Is
0: that brass band music or is it? Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, It's like. Like, literally, like 20 piece bands. Mm-hmm. And, like, my dad got one for like the last night I was there. So, That's we right. had like all the family over at our place and we were up until like six in the morning. And the next day I was at the airport, like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm just picturing it just like kind of like a human iPod or like a playlist. <laughs> like, the fact that there's these hundreds songs, songs, you just like That's the repertoire. Them up. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's crazy. You have to know everything. And it was just like, you know, we have a bunch of food and we set up tables and everyone's just there until like really late, like, and just singing all the songs. And it's, it's just like such a. I don't know. It's such a That's cult. Beautiful. like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brass
0: band music is the coolest thing because so many places have their version of that that revolves around brass instruments in different ways. Mm-hmm. Like whether it's dancing, whether it's like the, the that kind of like you buy a band to come for an event, something like that. Mm-hmm. I was at um, my dad plays music from the Balkans, like Serbia, Macedonia, that part of the world, and they have mm-hmm. a really strong brass band tradition. And there's this camp every summer. I was at a couple of weeks ago, and I sent um my girlfriend Rosie uh, a video, and she is Mexican American. Her parents are from Michoacán. her grandparents are from Michoacán and I sent her a video and she was just like yeah it sounds like a Mexican party like what are you so excited about like (laughs) I know this music I don't know it but I know it yeah Um, but the brass thing you know you think about like second lines in New Orleans and like anywhere where there are trumpets and stuff and all of that being spread as like military things and then Mm -hmm. being like remixed into tools for celebration and Mm -hmm. celebrating life and, and and like taking a parade a military parade and turning that into like a joyous occasion is kind of a cool thing that happened everywhere. Yeah. That's not a question, but no, it's something was, I've been no,
2: thinking yeah. about a cool. lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I mean,
0: I think that's what,
1: oh, that was deep. I didn't even connect that. Because <laughs> I'm all about how do we like take back and reframe things that are violent and destructive. Yeah.
0: And this is a perfect be, example. Yeah, you know, yeah. all the, the French horn and the trumpet and the, the, that was all like used for going into yeah. battle and, you know, around the world Which also it's just a weird, weird
1: thing like why did why did they start doing that like they wanted a little harmony before like, like. hey
0: man brass is powerful it gets the people going
1: we're here <laughs> hello <laughs>
0: that's great so what, let's let, let's kind of stay on that what is it that you're uh, hearing you know if that's the summertime music mm-hmm. there and we're talking about in different parts of the world what's been your uh, your summertime soundtrack this summer
2: Oh my gosh, it's so different. It's like, whew, that's hard.
0: <laughs> or a couple of the tracks off the playlist.
2: Yeah. Um, maybe like… And I really like Mitski's new mm-hmm. project that came out. That was cool. Blood Orange. Yeah. Um, oh, I haven't listened to that new one yet. Is it good? Yeah, it's, it's good. Really good. Okay. Um, Choker. Just got put onto him. Hmm. Yeah, he sounds like… Frank Ocean. And someone told me that and I was like, no way, like who sounds like Frank Ocean? Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, he sounds like Frank Ocean. <laughs> um, Yeah, he's really cool. Um, Oh my God, there's just like so much. It's crazy.
0: It does seem, I was having a thought today and it, it applies to music too, but I was listening to someone talk about like the Emmy nominated TV show that they created that mm-hmm. I had never heard of. We might have hit like, you know, they have like peak population where like it starts to dip. Mm-hmm. We may have hit peak entertainment like there might just be too, too much, much and it's going to have yeah. to take a step back yeah. cuz there's just way too much those are all projects that I'd be interested to hear there's so many shows like yeah, and yeah. I've just been watching the office like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being honest
1: unless the cost goes down right mm-hmm. like if it if it as it becomes more accessible to make things so as we can keep making our own music and keep making our own content yeah. you
0: don't need millions of people To watch it if it's more sustainable to make. Right. Then I guess the goal is like, is the goal to have millions of people watch it or or hear it. So let me, since you're one of them artists you hear about, let me ask you, what's the, how many, what's like, what's peak Tatiana listenership? Not number wise, but like, Mm -hmm. how many people do you want in the room when you're singing your song? How many people do you want like engaging with you? Is that part of your thought process?
2: Yeah. I mean, definitely just like, I don't know, as many as possible. I've never set like, like a cap, Or, like, I I set goals, but, like, day-to-day things. Mm -hmm. And then, like, my end goal is just, like, I don't want to have one because I don't ever want to reach a point and be, like, happy. Like, I kind of just want to go for however, like, far I can, I guess. Um, But I don't really keep that in mind when listening because, like, I find myself getting really blocked. Like, if I'm, like, oh, I need to make something that's totally pop that everyone's going to love, then I'm, like, oh, my God, this isn't it. But it could be something else that's good. So I just, like, try to not think about any of that. And, like, especially because I think about, like, when my music started getting listening to, I listened to, I wasn't thinking about that. And it just happened. So I'm like, if I just keep doing that, I'm sure people are going to like it. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether that's… Which I think it is true. Whether that's true or not. It is just like a better way to walk through the world. It's, like yeah. it's a much better, yeah. More pleasant yeah. way to
1: make. Yeah, speaking speaking of uh, of, of making, I think we, we've we talked a lot like about like the social aspects of, of your creation process. But mm-hmm. like technically, what are… We can even frame it like this, like going back to your younger self. So like first few YouTube uploads, what are some technical things that you're learning or growing in that ha- that has taken time or that you did not know five years ago or 10 years ago or for someone who is like listening and trying to develop their own processes? What are some skills and lessons that, that you're developing?
2: Like on creating, you mean? Mm-hmm. Or
1: so, you know, it could be in the writing process and production and vocally.
2: Things yeah. you're thinking yeah. about. Yeah. 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 Um, I guess it's more so just like allowing myself like time. Like sometimes I would like sit down and like force myself to like make something cuz like I have to and especially now that it's like like sometimes I write for other people so I'll be like, "Oh my god, I need to do this." And it's like don't like what I've learned is to never force myself cuz even if I do make something, it probably won't be good cuz it was forced. Mm. So sometimes I'll be like, "Okay, I'm going to take the night off and like you know, well, I like design clothes too, so it's really nice mm-hmm. because when I don't do that, I'll just like focus on something else. And before it was more so just like, do this because you have to, yeah. you know? So I've allowed it to be more of just like what it was um, in the first place was just like a form of expressing myself. How did those two creative processes, I was going to, I'm glad
0: you brought it up. How do those two processes relate to each other? Like does making clothes, designing clothes feel like a break from the kind of creativity you're doing with music?
2: yeah. Because, like, I don't know. I always feel like I'm a super anxious person. So when I'm not doing something… Gang, like, gang. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't like to, like… Like, I don't really want… Like, people always ask me about stuff like new shows or, like, movies. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't really do anything besides, like, make stuff. And, like… Hmm. um And so it gave me, like, a lot of anxiety if like, I couldn't make music. And then it was just, like… I was like, well, what else do I do? So then designing clothes was, like… I was making clothes um for my performances at first. Hmm. So it was just, like… I wasn't finding any cool clothes in Chicago I liked. I felt like there's, like, a lack of, like, fashion, like, an industry here. So I was like, whatever. I have ideas, like, why am I going to all these different places looking for something that I see in my head? So I just, like, looked it up on YouTube and got a sewing machine and, like, started making my own stuff. And I never was like, oh, I'm going to be a designer. Like, I was just, like, for myself only. And um, I started posting it to Instagram and people were like, oh, where can I buy that? So I would, like, do, like, kind of cleaned it up a little more, made it, like, sellable. Yeah. And, um yeah, I started, like, selling through Instagram DMs. And so now that I'm able to do that and, like, it's opened up, like, a whole other world for me, it's, like, whenever, like, I'm more focused on my music, but whenever I, like, feel stuck creatively, I can just do something else, which yeah. is cool,
0: yeah. And it's another way to, like, sustain yourself also uh, so totally, you, Yeah, all the pressure doesn't have to be on, like, this, this song, this album needs to be the thing. Have, yeah. have you found
1: that, like, your projects or pieces— now have like a uh an, an an aesthetic pairing like is this like a can like the wardrobe you designed to perform affect your music making process or vice versa like
2: i don't know if it's the the music making process it's more so just like i feel like most artists like always like on a larger scale have like a team and like you know they have to get their branding on point and they're like you know, a stylist and stuff like that. But for me, I feel like because I make it, it's just a part of, like, my music almost. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't have to, like, brand myself or think about it. It's, like, because I make the clothes, it's just naturally, like, happens. Um, So not so much, like, the creative process, I think, but just, like, the career-wise i feel like it goes together
0: yeah and not in like a gimmicky way it's just like this is what it means for you to do things like when you make something it includes that it's like another instrument kind of involved in the yeah exactly the song that's really that's really cool can we talk for one second about how terribly dressed people in chicago are yeah (laughs) oh my god yeah i'm curious what your thought what are the 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 top maybe three main like down-the-middle fashion faux pas that you see people walking the streets of Chicago in regularly?
2: Just, like, I mean, there's always going to be people who are, like, just, like, polo and khakis, like, you know, Lincoln Park stuff. And that's, like, whatever. Those people don't wake up and are like, I'm going to get a fit off. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's fine. That's, like, not everyone wants to do that. But, like, I feel like there's so many people who just care so much about, like, streetwear, like, brands and stuff like that, which the only thing is, like, I don't, like try to hate on anything it's just like it's so expensive yeah. for like a t-shirt that it's like maybe spend that money on like something that looks cool I don't know yeah. Um, or it wouldn't even be like there's always like a, a niche thing for that places but I feel like that's like everywhere here like,
0: like it's defined as what being what cool clothes is yeah is that one it's thing. just
2: the brand yeah people are too like brand heavy and it, I feel like it makes people feel like they need to have a lot of money to dress school and it's mm. like money does not buy fashion like you can thrift everything or you can like you know go or like order cheap stuff online or whatever it's like fashion is not like a price point thing and i feel like people here kind of feel like if you don't have the money to dress a certain way you can't yeah so um i don't know i feel like it's just that like the the like hype fashion yeah world kind that, of takes over here
1: yeah yeah when you first started making that point or you had that observation I don't know if I took offense to it or just disagreed. Yeah, you were not thrilled with it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: this has been one of my main points for a while. Yeah,
1: because, I don't know, I guess bringing other people to Chicago, they always like, man, people so so dressed up here. But they uh-huh. also were not from <laughs> yeah. New York or L.A. or Paris or anything like that. Uh-huh. I think you're right, though. I think, it, you know, at least in the scene that I grew up in, fashion was much more status driven
0: than like purely artistic. Yeah, yeah. Or even yeah. like just aesthetic. Like what does this look like as a whole yeah. thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's a, But th-
1: but then I think there's also people we just don't pay attention to like the working class. Not working class as in like working class like it could be rich people too who just like go to work every day downtown Yeah. and they just they just don't care.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's
0: it's been it. it's been a real real battle for me to not just regress to the mean. Like not that I'm like a super fashion forward guy, but mm. I had a day, when was it? Like two weeks ago, I came into the studio and I was wearing like like bummy sweatpants and mm-hmm. dirty sneakers and a t-shirt. And I was like, oh, and I had a cap, which I never have. And I was like, oh, shit, they got me. But <laughs>
2: <Yeah. laughs> well, I feel like, I don't know. I don't think everyone has to dress up all the time is another thing. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like every like city has like a, a scene for it and like people who try to dress that way. And I just feel like like people here, it's not like they don't have a sense of fashion. There's just not the resources yeah. to like to shop at those places. And like, even for me, I feel like I have to order everything online that I like, or like, I know a lot of my friends like have like, um, Depops or stuff like that, where they sell their thrifted stuff. So there's like definitely a lot of people here who are fashion forward. It's just like not as easy as the only thing.
1: I think as a city overall, we just have a, 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 a an identity crisis yeah. that's a product of, like being such a big city mm-hmm. in the middle of the country. So like not being a major port uh,
0: or like not being on a coast. Yeah,
1: I think throws us off.
0: Yeah, to this point, I think it's important that we discuss your pants. (laughs) I know it's audio, but I think this is an important piece to to have on the record. Okay, how would you describe these pants? As as the only fashion designer in the room, pants are cool.
2: They're they're just trip pants. They're like like always like a throwback. I feel like because they're just like yeah, like the you know the old school like raver like goth. Kind of yeah. Snow. For those listening at home, we're talking
0: multiple like metal chains hanging off of them. We're looking at like <laughs> like they're not Junkos, but they, they like are it's, on that it's, scale. It's,
1: it looks like the authentic version of what Hot Topic was. Yeah, vintage Hot Topic was striving. For, yeah, you know? yeah,
2: yeah. I feel like like Trip NYC. There's still a brand and everything, but before it was just like that like baggy. Like I feel like they're just such a like iconic brand and stuff that it's like that. Even though that scene isn't, like, as prevalent anymore. Like, I don't know. I just like to rock it because it's what I identify with, I guess. But I honestly switch styles all the time. Like, like sometimes I'll wear, like, a frilly, like, floral dress and, like, mm. whatever. And then I'll wear, like, goth, like, pants with chains. Like, I don't hmm. know. Yeah. <laughs> just depends on the day. Like, it's really gloomy out. So I was feeling like this.
1: <laughs> it is a gloomy goth day. Yeah. <laughs> it <is.
2: laughs> you know. It's
0: real gargoyle. gargoyle gargoyle <laughs>
2: Yeah, definitely. That's a thing.
0: <laughs> so you mentioned that you were just in LA, and when you when you travel, uh, what are you um, what are you excited to take back to here as you're making as you're making here? What are some things that you've learned or experiences you've had outside of Chicago that you feel like are informing how you're making music here right now?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it really like changed. I think it mostly just like. Like, when I'm out there, it's so much industry stuff. Mostly because, like, I feel like if I lived there, it'd be different. But if you're there for, like, a week, you're doing meetings every day and that kind of stuff. So, it was just, like, having access to, like, all these things. And it's, like, here, we don't have, like, you know, a fucking, like, YouTube. Or we don't have, like, a label. Or we don't have, like, those places Mm -hmm. that artists can go to. Everyone has to leave. So, it's just, like, just made me realize that, like, I want to have more of an industry here. Like, I used to just want to be one of those people that, like, leaves and stuff and, like, Um, like always be from Chicago but I was just like there's nothing here and I'd get so frustrated but I think it just made me realize like like whenever I I really want to open a boutique eventually Hmm. and I definitely want it to be like in Chicago like at first I was like probably not because I feel like I don't even think people would like buy this kind of stuff here but then I was like I don't care like I'm just gonna like have it out there maybe people will if it's here you know
0: yeah we definitely there are pieces of industry but fewer pieces of industry with like Sleek receptionist desks. Yeah, like I feel like that's yeah. what LA is like leading the league in. Is yeah. like you walk in, and you're like, "Oh, that's a really very like minimalist, clean desk this receptionist yeah. at this reception." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so if you're in a lot of meetings, talk to me about meeting
1: talk because meeting talk is a thing where they like it's this weird thing of like getting gassed up, mm. but then also like this fake like arrogance of pl- or you might have had good people i don't know i don't want to like shit on yeah your you like <laughs> the people that you end up working with no
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> i feel like everyone was cool which was weird but like also because i'm in the latin market i feel like whenever like um i meet with people like sometimes it's they're like latin themselves and so they were like there's like a like a almost mm-hmm. like a family thing Collidery. like a yeah and it's like really like genuine and like casual and stuff but yeah sometimes it's just kind of like a very form like non-personal thing it's like a very formal like here's what i'm doing here's how i can help you here's how i can help you and then yeah. which is fine yeah, i guess know? the
1: meeting talk i'm talking about is very
0: like white guy specific
2: yeah yeah so uh, so tell us about your project
0: <laughs> we're just we're just so thrilled mm-hmm. so however the meetings felt different than they did when you were 16 walking into that room or you were doing that first round
2: yeah i mean i guess this was more like more so before I was like, you know, my parents would have to be at certain things if I was underage and stuff. Yeah. So now it's like me making all my own decisions. So I just feel like a lot more like alert and I feel like, oh, I really have to pick up on your energy for myself because there's no one to be like, Yeah, this is a right or wrong thing. Like mm-hmm. I have to tell if you're on like some, some you gotta bullshit have or your, not.
1: Your own douchebag. Yeah. Where, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You can't rely on anyone that, else. That's something you might want to like get get the team on or get some yeah. outsourcing. <laughs> You need, you need like multiple perspectives on the yeah, bullshit. Yeah, but
2: this, this round, everyone was pretty cool. Nah, like, everyone was cool. So, <laughs> yeah. that's interesting,
0: though, the way that you just described like, that is the market that you're meeting in, whether that's the music you make mm-hmm. or how you think of it, like, that is the conversations that you end up in. Yeah. How has that felt for you? Is that, you mentioned one piece of it is exciting, is feeling like you're talking to someone who maybe there's something more familial. Yeah. But is there any part of that that's a, does it just feel like a necessary choice or evil or lane to step into? Um, does that feel weird?
2: No, I feel like it's, it's really cool. Cause I just, like I said, I would never expected like my stuff in Spanish to like really go anywhere. Like I was like, even when I made stuff in Spanish, I was like, okay, this is just kind of like for fun, but I'm going to keep doing this. But like, um, the first song I made, the middle it was like, um, that's how, I feel like stuff started happening for me after that. Like, um... Marisa Gasolim, she's like the Latin programmer um, at Apple Music and she found me and reached out to me and that's how I ended up like going to their offices and playing my project and it was just like, um, you know, I could speak in Spanish with her, like we'd go back and forth and it was just like, Mm -hmm. like super familiar stuff like that and like people were so helpful and just like genuinely wanted me to succeed because they like saw something of like themselves I feel like in me, like Mm -hmm. it's been a lot of like um, like Hispanic women who have helped me and it's just like Other people, you know, will see numbers or other intentions. But, like, I feel like the people who have been helping me, um, I've been, like, super grateful that they just really, like, are, just want to see the culture, like, you know, people in the culture strive.
0: Is there anyone for you who you see who you want them to succeed because you see something in them that you see in yourself? I
2: don't know if it's because of that, but there's like a lot general, of people yeah. I want to succeed in general. <laughs> <Yeah>. But like <laughs> um I don't know. I'm really big on like sharing resources and like like anytime I like because I feel like there's still so much further for me to go. But anything I can do to help other people, like um like even just knowing programmers at Apple, like anytime I find someone in Chicago and I'll be like, oh my God, they have like 500 followers and I'll be like, hey, have you heard their music? You should check it out. Or like and if it helps or it doesn't, I just always try to put people's names in the mix if I, yeah. like, believe in them. And, like, you know, if they take off, like, you know, that's cool. That's really good. Like, I don't care. How does that affect me? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I just always try to, like, help in ways that I can. It's too. not
0: a sleek receptionist desk, but it's, like, the stuff that actually matters. Yeah, it's like, sticking your neck out for someone and being, like, hey, check this out. yeah. Yeah you
1: and your details.
0: Oh man. Once I get this once I get my office but this actually we're in probably one of the places in Chicago with the sleekest receptionist desk.
2: Yeah, this is nice. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, yeah. the the check-in here is the same thing as like BuzzFeed, like mm, little iPad like yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah.
0: Fancy. Yeah. Who would have thought it? Yeah. Anyway, I think this is this uh time? this is the time to move to really the most important well, part this, of this, what we do. And I'm going to let Damon take over here
1: so we've we've gone deep into the story. We we got a little bit of your roots, <laughs> you know. Uh but but this is this is this is what we have you here for. We we are on a crusade. Uh this is this is a campaign we've been doing now for a few years. It's a game we're gonna play. <laughs> You're on the hot seat. Uh oh for God. you. I, I think we'll expand the confines a little bit, but we'll keep the name. Uh does that work? Yeah, we're really building suspense. Yes. yes. Oh so yeah, there's I'm a sect, <laughs> you should you'll be. You'll be okay. No, but you should, you'll be okay. Yeah, you'll be fine. Uh it's a game and it's all about accountability. There, there's a sect of the world that has run amok. Mm-hmm. And I simply just can't stand for it any longer. Not on my watch. Not while we're here. And and that population is R&B singers. So every week we
2: invite, <laughs> Look <at your> eye.
1: <laughs> we invite our guests to start beef with an R&B singer from any era and why. <laughs> you can open up beyond
0: R&B.
2: Oh my God.
0: <laughs> See, do you want to give a little bit of an understanding of why we do this? like When you say run amok, like what that means?
1: Uh... I I will I feel like that that leads and and shapes but so here's here's what so it starts with really being anti R Kelly mm-hmm. right and I think he as an example uh, on the more serious note right it, it it shows like how our dominant culture has like commodified and had this really like perverse production of love mm-hmm. and, and romance and it's often coming from really, like, toxic, harmful, insincere places. Yeah. And I think, like, R&B kind of being, like, the shirt-off, lovey-dovey, candle music. Yeah. But it can often be from, like, and then there's just corniness, right? It's just, like, mm-hmm. put your shirt on, bro. So that, that's the, the the like, the essence.
0: So there are dudes taking the their game. shirts off in genres around the world. So if you <laughs> wanted to expand it beyond American contemporary R&B, that is more than acceptable. But that, that that's the goal here is, like, There is no one holding them accountable for that. So let's let's be, and it let's and, be, and, be and, women and
1: women. it is it also it's it's, it, it is a joke as well. Yeah, like R <laughs> and B and beef kind
0: of like a, is like an oxymoron. So, yeah, so would we, we'll be a playful here. So and that's as I'm much just, time as we're gonna buy you. <laughs> <laughs> it's your turn to have an answer. Be even and R and B singer and why?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't have anyone specific. I just feel like I mean, is there anyone else but R Kelly? Like besides like any other like rapey dudes that are you know, well? You know, I mean, there's Chris <laughs> Brown. <laughs> well, yeah, Chris Brown he really is terrible as well. Yeah, is
1: like, there someone else beyond the R um, be scope that we
0: need to be that we need checking for him. the R Kelly of blank
2: um <laughs> I don't know I mean this is totally different genre of music I don't That's know if fine. you guys have heard about all the Orwell stuff
0: very briefly what what's the what's the rundown
2: there's just like so many women who are like there's like a reddit thing about it that there are people coming forward just saying they've like hit on super underage girls and mm. um yeah it's like a bunch of stories coming forward and just about them being like all around like generally assholes and their like show at the metro was just canceled and Hmm. um, it's kind of just like people are acting like it's like new but they've been around for so long and like from like I used to be in like the DIY scene so I used to hear about that at the time Mm -hmm. and um, yeah I feel like just it's hard because it stays in Chicago and then they go and tour all these different places and people there don't know and Mm -hmm. they're just a fan of the music so yeah I I guess that would be one and like I feel like everyone is um, kind of attacking them for that right now but I mean that's I feel like that happens with so many people and people just don't know like a lot of Hmm. artists that maybe even I like someone and I don't know that they're that way you know what I mean so that's one of probably many but it's good that at least people are like yeah they're canceled and just like actually canceling the shows and it's actually affecting their career as opposed to like someone like R. Kelly who people will still play his songs i've like been to dj sets like recently where it's playing i'm like why (laughs) like why
1: we can really do without it
2: yeah canceling
0: a show is just a way more tangible effective thing than canceling a person like canceling a person kind of means something but canceling a show actually means like this is how many dollars that person lost yeah or this is how many people didn't sit through the set you know like that's a real tangible choice so Glad that we We This is we appreciate thanks for that. expanding yeah. the scope. I didn't even know. Or are sure. we at you,
1: the Orwells? Orwell? Yeah,
0: Orwells. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Good yeah, to know. They just got yeah. that beef. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Very. Yeah. I think they got it with everybody. But uh mm-hmm. well,
0: glad to be one more one more slice of beef yeah, thrown into too. the patty. Yeah. <laughs> um That's <laughs> after. Uh uh-huh. Thank you so much for coming through and chopping it up with us. Uh, anything that our listeners should know? uh Where can they find your music? Any cool stuff coming up?
2: Um, Apple Music, Spotify, you know, the whole thing. And then, um, yeah, just working on a bunch of new music right now. So probably another project, like, soon, honestly, before the year's over, hopefully. Cool. Yeah.
0: We're at Ergo Radio. I'm at Ergo Kiss. Damon underscore AF. And we'll be back next week with another person reshaping the culture of our city for the more equitable and the more creative. Much love to the people. Peace. So you're listening to Ergo, right? But you want Ergo and all your other podcasts to sound good. That's why you should be listening on Overcast. Overcast is a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now, unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store.